Hello, and welcome to Turning a Million Eyes to Save Lives, a podcast co-production of Innocence at Risk and Studio C. Innocence at Risk is a 501c3 nonprofit founded in 2005 to fight child exploitation and human trafficking. Our mission is to educate citizens about the grave issue of global and local human trafficking. We are dedicated to protecting children from all forms of abuse and work to end child exploitation and child trafficking everywhere. Innocence at Risk conducts educational outreach programs through churches, clubs, organizations, schools, embassies, and now this podcast. I'm Andy Miles, and on this fourth episode of the series, we'll hear Innocence at Risk founder and director Deborah Sigmund in conversation with Matt Osborne, Director of International Operations for Operation Underground Railroad, also known as OUR, a privately run organization founded by Tim Ballard in 2013 to rescue children from sex trafficking and sexual exploitation. OUR has made a significant impact in the fight to end sex trafficking and sexual exploitation by rescuing and supporting thousands of survivors in 30 countries and all 50 American states. Prior to becoming the Director of International Operations for Operation Underground Railroad, Matt Osborne served with the Central Intelligence Agency and the Department of State, where he worked issues related to terrorism against the homeland, illegal narcotics, organized crime, and human trafficking. He regularly provided secrets and analysis to U.S. presidents, senior cabinet officials, and the National Security Council. With Operation Underground Railroad, Matt has led a total of 21 undercover rescue operations overseas that resulted in the liberation of 206 human trafficking victims and the arrest of 63 suspected traffickers. He's been married for almost 25 years and has two daughters who give him the drive to fight child exploitation and human trafficking. Five years ago this month, Innocence at Risk welcomed Matt Osborne as Special Guest of Honor at Innocence at Risk's 2017 Gala, held in Washington, D.C. at the Organization of American States, under the patronage of the Ambassador of the Dominican Republic. We'll hear about that event and the work Innocence at Risk and Operation Underground Railroad have done in collaboration. We'll also hear about the dangerous on-the-ground work conducted by OUR's ops team of highly experienced current and former law enforcement personnel and the forthcoming feature film, Sound of Freedom, which tells the story of Tim Ballard and OUR's greatest rescue of more than 100 children. The rescue took place in Cartagena, Colombia, and was a success due to the partnership of OUR and the government of Colombia and their special forces. We can all look forward to seeing the powerful action film Sound of Freedom later this year in theaters everywhere. I'm going to turn it over now to Innocence at Risk's Deborah Sigmund. Well, Matt, thank you so much for being here today. It's really nice to have you. And I really want everyone to know this story. I I do. I first learned about Operation Underground Railroad in 2015, believe Operation Underground Railroad was started. Of course, it was started by Tim Ballard. But I was watching Chris Wallace on Fox News on Sunday. And he had Tim Ballard on. And I was in tears at the end of the whole coverage. I couldn't believe there was someone so good, such a hero. And... I immediately said, and I, I know that he was former Homeland Security, HSI investigations, 
And I just, I, I couldn't wait to talk to some colleagues at Homeland Security. And I asked Katerina Kane and some other ones, I said, I just learned about Matt Osborne. And oh my gosh. And they said, yeah, he's a good guy. He's, he's a great guy. And I said, well, I want to meet him. And they said, well, he might know about your work with the flight attendants. And I said, well, I want to talk to him now. So anyway, so I got, I was in touch with his office. And then shortly after that, when Matt came to Washington, D.C. to meet with members of Congress, we met actually uh, in the lobby of the Willard Hotel with some of your team. And uh, it was it was a great meeting. And all I could say was thank you so much for what you're doing. But we want to help. Innocent at Risk was established in 2005. And we want to help any way we can. So Tim was sort of exhausted from travel and exhausted from the meetings. And he just looked at his guys and it was almost like, where do we start? But I said, all right, you just tell me who to follow up with. And he said, absolutely, we will. So one of the first things Innocence at Risk did was talk to our safe home orphanage in the Dominican Republic and La Romana, because I learned that when, first of all, for those of you who are watching, and you don't know what Operation Underground Railroad does, is that they go in country where needed. They partner with law enforcement all over the world. But initially it started with Colombia. But at this point, they were interested in the Dominican Republic. And the Dominican Republic, of course, had a huge problem of trafficking. And I had already seen with Nancy Rivard coming back from a trip visiting orphanages that we had two of our flights returning to the United States. This was on an earlier podcast with Nancy, but we had, there were children being trafficked from the Dominican Republic into New York and into Atlanta. And fortunately, our team was able to stop it. I called Homeland Security, the plane was met, and the rest is history. But knowing how the problem was just outrageous there, they said, well, one of the things we need, we're trying to make certain that we have are pl enough places to put the children when we do go in and rescue them. And I said, oh my gosh, of course. I said, please tell me, you don't know, leave them there. And he said, no, 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 we've never left a child there. So anyway, we had a great conversation about that and I called Ninos de Cristo. And at that point, Sonia was the director. She said, absolutely. I said, it might be the middle of the night, Sonia. And she said, it's okay, it's all right. She said, it's important. And she said, this is God's work. I said, this is definitely God's work. So I was happy to do that. And then in 2017, in a sense, it was, was having a great event at uh, the Organization of American States. And I was talking to some of my sponsors about Operation Underground Railroad. And they said, well, 
can't we honor them? Can't we recognize them that night? I said, we certainly can. So I called and spoke to uh, the office, uh, to Tim's office. And Tim uh, was not available, but fortunately he sent you Matt and to the event and talked about, we showed some film clips. Everyone was blown away. And that night we presented you with making, the dif making a difference. And Operation Underground Railroad has made more of a difference to this, for this horrible evil issue than anyone out there. I mean, it, it can't, you are such a gift to all of us that work on this issue because you, what you, you have done something that no one else can do. And I'm very excited about the film that's coming out, hopefully by September. I was fortunate enough to see a pre-screening of The Sound of Freedom, the story about Tim at Homeland Security and why he needed to leave because he was told by his superiors, Tim, we're Homeland Security. We can't just go rescue every child. And he thought, well, maybe I can try. And that's when he left his nice government position, which is extremely admirable, left it to start Operation Underground Railroad. So I know our viewers would like to hear from you, Matt. Oh, so well, Deb, yeah. No, thank you so much. And you're always so sweet. And I'm worried that the Zoom screen is not big enough for my head after all those nice things you said. And you're, oh, you're too kind. Nice. As we always say, Tim Ballard says the same, you know, we're not heroes. We're normal people trying to do the right thing. And we're just so grateful for our partnership with Innocence at Risk. And while you were talking, I just made one little turn to my bookshelf and got the Making a Difference Award oh. here, April 2017. We still have it. I'm so proud of this. I uh, accepted it on behalf of Operation Underground Railroad at that beautiful event at the Organization for American States. Is there a be more beautiful building in Washington? That is no. so impressive. <laughs> and I will tell you, and we'll talk a little bit about Operation Underground Railroad, why we do what we do. But I have to say, one of the reasons we loved Innocence at Risk so much and why we wanted to partner with you is all of the work we do is vital, right? The rescue, the rehabilitation, the aftercare that OUR does. But what you do with legislation, with advocacy, with awareness raising, that's the long-term solution. We have to get stronger laws on the books. That's what Innocence at Risk advocates for. We have to bring in people from all walks of life and your contacts with both Republicans and Democrats, so impressive embassies in Washington. Uh, I, I call you the un, unofficial mayor of Washington, Deb, because you know everybody. And we love that. And we're all about partnership. And um, I, you know, I don't know your thoughts, but I was after 12 years with the U.S. government, I was with the CIA and U.S. Department of State. I served overseas tours in Madrid, Spain, Caracas, Venezuela, Mexico City, Mexico, and then left a great job, a job that I loved with the U.S. government, to take on a calling to try to use those skills I had learned in intelligence and diplomacy to try to save kids. But when I got to the nonprofit world, I was so 
disheartened at the backstabbing and infighting among different groups over resources. And so, uh, Deb, before I jump in more to OUR, I want to get your thoughts and see if you agree that, you know, people who are listening to this podcast need to know this is not the norm. One nonprofit featuring another, Innocence at Risk today <laughs> featuring OUR. OUR supporting Innocence at Risk. That doesn't happen, but we're not like the other groups. You're not like the other groups. We're all about partnership. And we're just so thankful to be able to have this platform with you because of all of the great work you're doing as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That's one of the, the points that I made to the State Department when I first met with them at the Traffic in Persons Office. And I said, you're telling me every year, this was in 2004 when I was talking to the State Department and no one talked about it. No one knew about it here. And they said, yes. And I said, number one, I said, well, how are they getting in? And they looked at each other and actually Ambassador John Miller then threw his papers up in the air and said, well, if we knew that, we could figure it out. <laughs> and of course, we've helped them figure that out. They're getting in on planes and trains and everywhere. But I said, 18,000 women and children every year. I said, who's working on this? And the State Department began working in 2000. And I was told by the traffic in person's office that it hit them like a ton of bricks. They had no idea this happened in the world. Right. Of course, I didn't either. But when I said, who's working on this? They said, well, there's some little groups here and little groups there. And they said, but we need you. And they said, you're with your connections. And I said, well, listen, I have a lot of friends who care about this. They said, great. And they said, we're going to need them all. We need you to help create awareness. But I did not understand why groups were not working together. I, I said, this, this is something that we can all together have a bigger voice. We need to be standing on the street corner screaming about this. That was why OUR was formed, because we saw that there were many great groups on the front end doing as you're doing, advocating, pushing for legislation, raising awareness, speaking up on behalf of the innocents at risk, the, on the, vi the victims and the survivors. Yeah. And then we saw great groups on the back end, aftercare homes, uh, safe houses, others working on you know, moving victims to survivor, survivor to thriver, as we say. But Tim Ballard, former special agent with Homeland Security, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, and its predecessors, because he started as a as special agent with the U.S. Customs Service back in the early, you know, I'd say 2002, 2003, he saw that there were very few groups that would actually go into the darkest places around the world uh, and, and, and help to rescue these children, these adult victims of commercial sexual exploitation and human trafficking. And we always work with governments. We never go in on our own. We're never a vigilante group. And so we've been fortunate to work in about you know, almost 30 countries since we started in late 2013, early 2014. We provided some type of support uh, to that many countries. In the US, we work behind the scenes. We don't do the undercover operations. In the US, there are many men and women uh, on the front lines, law enforcement, police, sheriff's departments, uh, the Homeland Security, FBI. 
but we provide behind the scenes support, funding, training, tools, technology. And in our seven years, we've provided some type of support to the rescue of almost 6,000 trafficking victims. And we've helped in some way in the arrest of about 38, 3,900 suspected traffickers. And so that's really what we want to do is partner with groups around the world, not just give them a fish with our donations, but teach them to fish, teach them every part of the undercover operation. And we think that's gonna have a long-term effect as we now also begin to get into prevention and education and awareness raising, which just puts us right along the lines of, of, of the goals of innocence at risk. Well, you're amazing. You've really grown. And uh, I don't know. I mean, you must get your funding privately, correct? Yes. Yeah, so over 50% of just private donors through social media. We have some large donors, some corporations, but it is. It's all donations. And, uh, you know, obviously this isn't a fundraiser, but anyone can visit OURrescue.org, OurRescue.org to learn more. Um, we decided not to take government grants, you know, nothing wrong with the government, but we thought, hey, we'll maintain our ability to be flexible. But that's what we're trying to do. We try to have a big social media presence as well. And I know you know this very well, Deb, but for your listeners and viewers, our founder, Tim Ballard, is an American historian. He loves American history. Abraham Lincoln, his favorite um, president, uh, the, the, the end of legalized slavery back in, you know, during the darkest parts of our nation's history, the transatlantic slave trade. He loves those heroes who did away with that. But yet we see that there may be more slaves today than at any time in human history around the world. Those in forced labor, those in commercial sexual exploitation, those being trafficked for organ harvesting, child sacrifice, some truly terrible things. So he wants to emulate one of his heroes, author Harriet Beecher Stowe, who, as you know, wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin. And right. so back then she used entertainment, a book, to raise awareness about a horrible social scourge going on. That's what Tim wanted to do with OUR, whether it's through documentaries, the movie, The Sound of Freedom, that we can talk a little bit more about during this hour if you'd like, but try to raise that awareness. Use social media to get people on board who may have never known this. And I use myself as an example. If you would have asked me when I was in my teens and 20s, who works at strip clubs? Who works at a quote unquote as a prostitute, even though we don't use that term? I honestly would have said, that's like the movie Pretty Woman. That's the Julia Roberts character. That's, I guess, how she wants to make her money. I guess that's how she wants to work in a strip club or on the streets. Boy, was I wrong. The percentage of people prostituting themselves is infinitesimal. Vast, vast majority of these people, as you know, Deb and others know, the, they are trafficking victims. This is trafficking. And so can you imagine if we can reach more people like I wish someone would have reached me in my teens and 20s, reach more people around the world, men mostly, but also women to say, you don't purchase another human being. You don't abuse or exploit another human being. If we can keep getting that movement going and working with innocents at risk and other groups, that's how we're going to end this long term. It's a daunting task, but I know you're in it and we are as well. And that's what we're fighting for. We are definitely in it. And uh, several years ago, I guess it was probably innocents at risk is now in our approaching 17th year, but it was 10 years ago. And an intern looked at me and said, did you ever think this would be your lifetime? 
you know, lifetime accomplishment. And I said, I never think about it. I just keep doing every day. And I must say, and it's definitely God's will because he keeps putting things in front of me to do. So it's, uh, we've been blessed that way and we have never received government funding either. So initially I did not want to stand in front of service providers and people that were trying to help the victims of trafficking. But after we started the flight attendant initiative, I thought, well, this might be a good idea because we were doing a, a lot of work. We were doing a lot of work for the government. But as it's worked out, um, we've had some support from foundations and definitely our, our, definitely our supporters. I mean, they want to help. And people are so, they're glad to be informed about this issue. Yes. And, um, but I will, I will add that the trafficking, trafficking as a business wasn't around years and years ago. It really happened, honestly, according to several uh, authors. And one was Benjamin Skinner, who wrote A Crime So Monstrous. And they talk about the fall of communism and how the Russian mafia began working and the Russian mafia began buying children from the Taliban initially, way back in. Queen Sylvia taught me a lot of this when I visited her in Stockholm. And what she had to learn about this. She learned about it though sooner it hit Europe before the United States. It was in the United in Europe, uh, certainly in the the nineties after coming, and then it's of course now it's absolutely everywhere, absolutely everywhere in the world. And there are more slaves today. There are more women, children, and men locked up. And yeah. and I don't think people know that. I don't think people realize that. No, they don't. And. Um, but I've had students in classrooms tell me, thank you for being here. And I'm so glad. And one girl in particular talked to me privately. This happened several different times on several occasions and said, you know, this happened to me. And I am so glad to know that there's someone like you that's trying to educate the public because if I'd heard your message, it would never have happened to me. Yeah, that's amazing testimonial that, too. Well, it is. And it, it's just, it's heartbreaking. Well, first of all, I was let her know I was so glad she was all right. right. And, um, but we need to prevent it so it doesn't happen. And then, but I still say that you are such heroes. Oh. I, I just can't, <laughs> can't even comprehend what you do about going in and do rescues. But I'm so glad that the sound of freedom is going to come out. And as I told you, when I first learned about it, I was educated about it this summer when a friend said to me, you know, that star who played in The Passion of Christ, Jim Caviezel. Yep, Jim Caviezel, great actor. He, here's, here's what she said. He is playing in, for that issue that you care about. <laughs> that's a good so, way to phrase it 
I looked it up and I said, oh my gosh, this is a story of Tim Ballard and Operation Underground Railroad. And as Tim will tell you, they had asked him, the producers had asked him who he wanted to play him. And he said, I want Jim Caviezel. He's one of my favorite actors, the Count of Monte Cristo, the Passion of the Christ. And they said, Jim doesn't look anything like you, Tim. He has dark hair, dark eyes, you know, brown eyes. You've got blonde hair, blue eyes. And I will tell you a funny story that I just heard at a, a screening a few months back that at the end of the movie, and you've seen it, I won't give it away too much, but they have a picture of the end of Jim Caviezel as Tim Ballard. And then they morph into a picture of the real Tim Ballard. They had to yeah. make the picture of the real Tim Ballard black and white to show the contrast because when it went color to color, yeah. you didn't think it was two different people. It was the same person. So how crazy is that? Jim, Jim dyed his hair blonde, his beard, and he threw himself into the role. I was able to be on set in Columbia uh, a couple of years ago yeah. watching this. He put everything that he could into this role. And he said, this is the second most important role I've ever played after pa the Passion of the Christ. And so uh, he just took this seriously. He knows this is modern day slavery. He obviously is a man of great faith and quotes a few of the gospels. You know, it were better for him that a millstone be put around his neck and he be cast in the middle of the sea than for him to offend one of these children who follow God. And that's what these traffickers are doing. And so uh, I'm grateful that you're talking about the movie. We're hoping it comes out soon. The pandemic has thrown things in a, for a loop as it has so in so many things, but uh, but we are hoping still 2022 we'll see it. And I think it's going to be really powerful once again, like Harriet Beecher Stowe and Uncle Tom's Cabin, using the entertainment of a Hollywood movie to raise awareness about such an important issue. Exactly. Well, I will tell you, when I watched the movie, I forgot that I was not watching Tim. <laughs> I mean, Jim Caviezel put, he, he transformed himself into to Tim Ballard. And it was unbelievable for me to see that. But what we've been doing, Matt, and I'm so glad you gave me this opportunity to introduce Operation Underground Railroad to embassies like we did in November mm -hmm. at, at the wonderful embassy there and um, in, of Egypt. And your team, your person in charge of Middle East, Right. Came in and Matt was one of their ministers and was present the night the ambassador talked about your work and the film and it was great evening very small and I think we're going to do something in April as you know with the ambassador of Colombia and he is absolutely thrilled to death that Innocence at Risk brought him this information about the Sound of okay. Freedom because as you know, he was the minister, Ambassador Pinson was the minister, defense minister in Colombia when the film was made and when, for real, and when the greatest rescue of all time took place of over That's 200 right. children. And he remembered that. You're right, because we used the, uh, the, the Navy, uh, the, the CTI as their FBI equivalent coming in on boats. And so you're right. He was aware of that. And again, it's a small world. But, but as yeah. you know, Deborah, in this business, this is what, and I love when you said that, you know, earlier you, you talked about God and God leading this. And again, like you, like, you know, we're not, we're not a partisan or a denominational, you know, religious group. We have many faiths 
represented. Uh, we even have a couple people who profess to not even have a faith, but they know between good and evil. But we personally think we are, many of us are of faith, just believe that you can't do this without asking for some help and guidance from a higher power. I mean, when we go undercover, when we are in the, the throes of evil, right, and darkness, and you're sitting across the table negotiating with a, a monster, a human trafficker who is selling, selling a human being and talking about them as if it was a bag of tomatoes, a sack of limes, it weighs this much, it costs this much, this is what it does. You have to have some sorts of spiritual protection. Otherwise, you get into this darkness, and it's so easy to get wrapped up in it, as you know, especially when you look at pornography, you look at other things in our society, that it's all tied in with sexual exploitation and human trafficking. Absolutely. That's one more element that makes you such heroes. I told you, I mean, you have to be totally men and women of steel to do that. I could never do that. I could never <laughs> sit there and pretend to be that evil. But you all do it in order to get those children out. Mm -hmm. But the film, The Sound of Freedom, shows all of that. And when I did go to the screening, Congressman Chris Smith was there. And also the CEO of Goya was there and his team. Mm -hmm. We were also just mesmerized. But everyone said, this needs to be in every school. There is no denying that child trafficking exists after you see that film. Yeah. Even though, can you believe that there are still many today who do deny it and try to deny it? I can't tell you how many times that someone has talked to us or criticized us. Some obscure media article tries to say that we and other groups who fight this are blowing this out of proportion. Right. And what I always say is, look, I don't know if the numbers are like the International Labor Organization says 40 million you know, slaves today. I don't know if it's a number like this Department of State or, or United Nations, somewhere between 23 and 27 million. I may have my numbers a little bit wrong, but in that time, in that range, I say, I don't know. And is UNICEF right when they say between three and five million that these slaves are children? I don't know. But what I know is that on over 20 occasions with Operation Underground Railroad, I've got in with a group of men and women. Uh, we have this, the American face that unfortunately is causing so much of this overseas and in the United States. And within minutes of entering a tourist area, a beach, going to a bar or restaurant, maybe a nightclub, maybe sometimes a red light district, but I'm approached to be sold any sort of thing from a kayak ride, parasailing, horseback ride, some shell necklace, trinkets, jewelry, to drugs, to women. It happens that quickly on over 20 times. This is how it happens. And within an hour or so, if you know how to say the right things and play the role as if you're looking for a certain type of item or merchandise, as they say, within an hour or so, I'm sitting across the table from a human trafficker. So I don't know what the numbers are, but without fail, this has happened every single time. So can you imagine the type of demand that must be out there to then bring this supply and how these traffickers see the American face, the Western face? and say, hey, I bet I can offer them whatever. And then we, without entrapping, without provoking, we're able to use our undercover skills to set up an operation, set up a rescue, always working with the host government. They're the ones who will say when, if, how we do this operation. But this is an issue that happens everywhere. And um, it's hard not to get pessimistic. It's hard sometimes to think, oh, it's just a drop in the bucket. 
But as you talked about, right, the former victim, survivor who you knew and who you met and others that we've saved who have said, I didn't know that anyone was looking for me. I didn't know that it was okay to hope. And I'm so grateful. And so as our founder, Tim Ballard said, even if all of this spent were just for one, it would be worth it. But how great that we have been able to help, you know, a few thousand in some respect. And we try to continue to help. And as long as we're able to, through donations and support, we will continue to fight this fight. And we feel the exact same way, in a sense, at risk. Yeah. And our flight attendant, well, we've been told the same thing about, well, you can't save all the children and all the women that are being trafficked on planes. I said, well, we can try. Mm-hmm. And we know we're saving them. We do know. Yeah. And the fact that-, that you went to the heart of it, and that's what I love too, and we loved about what you did. And of course, we love airline ambassadors and other groups. And because that's the, those are the service providers that every day are faced with the possibility of being near a trafficking victim. And we have a phrase or in a saying, the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. So if your mind doesn't know that human trafficking is a problem, and I'll just use a flight attendant as, as an example, and Deb, you can, you know, you can chime in. As they're doing the safety in, in instructions in the beginning, the announcements, as they're serving drinks and meals, as they're helping with whatever, if they don't know there's that issue, they could very easily be coming in contact with a victim and her trafficker, and they won't even know. But if you have just that bit of awareness, all of a sudden your antenna will be up and, huh, this doesn't look right. This older man and this young girl doesn't look right. I'm going to wait until this girl gets up to go to the laboratory. Maybe the only time she's away from her trafficker, I'm going to slip her a little card, airline ambassadors, innocence at risk, the national human trafficking hotline. I love seeing the results that you were getting and, and, and are continue to get with some of the groups that work with flight attendants, pilots, and others. It's incredible. Then think about the training too, being provided to hotels, motels, others. Uh, th- this is what we need to do is educate. And so that's what we absolutely love about Innocence at Risk. Well, thank you. We're continuing to do it. it I can continue. It still baffles me that it's a $150 billion industry. Isn't that crazy? And you've probably seen the stats too, but for your listeners to think, what is 150 billion? What does that mean? And Tim Ballard has shared a stat that with that type of money, you could buy every team in the National Basketball Association, every team in the National Hockey League, every Starbucks franchise around the world, and still have enough money to send every boy and girl in our, in our country to four years of state college education. Can you believe that? And people are like, well, how is that? Well, to be honest, how many times can you consume a certain amount of drugs before it's used up? You know, one time. How many times can you sell a human being over and over again, profiting off of them? And so that's how you get to that 150 billion. And my mind is blown just as yours is. It's crazy. It is. And if someone told me, well, there are a lot of sick people in the world. And I said, well, it's got to be, it's got to be good versus evil. And John Kerry said this when he was secretary of state, this is a war against evil. And it certainly is. So it's so wonderful. I mean, we just love our partnership with you. And I love the fact that I can be some help to Operation Underground Railroad in Washington, introducing you to embassies. Met with the ambassador of El Salvador last week. She also is anxious to get her team working with your uh, 
person from South America, mm-hmm. Carlos. And so can't wait to make that connection. Everyone well, gonna... wants to help. They do. Yeah. No, it's amazing what you've done already and the ties and yes. And so our regional director for Africa and the Middle East, Dean, he still is in touch with Mohammed from the Egyptian embassy. Okay. They're looking at ways we can help in Egypt. There are a couple of tourist areas where uh, wealthy individuals from Egypt and elsewhere, Americans too, before the pandemic. And so probably we'll start up again where they go and are most likely exploiting children and adults. And so we're looking at ways where we can help. And then yes, the El Salvador connection, the Colombia connection. So we're just grateful because as we always say, if we can get them into the showroom, we think they'll buy the car, even though they don't have to buy it. It's a free car, it's stuff we give away. We just need to get people into the showroom as it were, into to learn more about what we do across the whole spectrum. I mentioned at the outset of the show, funding, training, tools, technology, and then overseas when allowed by law, using our American face, using our undercover operating uh, operative skills to be confidential sources of information, to be undercover operators for these countries. And the traffickers never see it coming. And this is something we want to continue to use. We just did it in Mexico over the weekend, the Dominican Republic the week before. We have so many countries who want us to come and, and help. And uh, another thing is on the prosecution side, we recently brought a woman to our organization with almost 20 years of experience with the U.S. Department of Justice and as an assistant U.S. attorney. And she was one of the foremost experts in helping the United States use its anti-human trafficking laws to get prosecutions, to target some of these sex buyers. And so she's now able to go overseas to other countries and say, Even the United States, the biggest country in the world, the best resources, we all have things we can learn. Here is how we learned from trial and error through the early 2000s, as you mentioned at the outset. For the early 2000s, 2010s, here's what we learned. Now let us help you and your countries. And we've had a really positive response from prosecutors, magistrates, attorneys in some of these countries. And we think this is gonna be one of the long-term solutions as well to hopefully end the impunity with which these traffickers, sex buyers, Johns, whatever you wanna call them, the impunity with which they're working and operating, if we can end that impunity, if we can make it instead of a low risk, high reward endeavor to flip that to where there's a high risk, if you're gonna travel from the US overseas, we can get you. Exactly, that's what we need to do. And we need to lock anyone up that would harm a child. For yes. a long, 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 long time. Uh, your events at Innocent at Risk, Innocence at Risk are just so high class. Again, we talked about the Organization for American States, the embassies, just beautiful events. And yet it's for a cause. It's for a purpose. And anyone who shows up comes away thinking, not only is this a problem I need to be concerned about, but there is something I can do. Maybe you just post on social media. Maybe you just send up prayers for our groups. Maybe you donate. Maybe you hold events like this. Maybe you help make connections. Each of us in some way can do something to join this important fight. Exactly. Well, we have Congress coming around. And fortunately, and it's so wonderful to see that Congress is unified mostly on this issue. I mean, Which almost never happens, doesn't it? I mean, I know everyone's always said that politics have been you know, so hardened and divided, right? But this, I think, you know, these times now of pandemic and war and everything, but you're right. This topic has united our country 
as politicians in a lot of ways. And so we need to continue this because there is uh, there are so many areas for common ground, like you said, and it's great. We have to because, again, who would be for the abuse of a child? Who would be for the exploitation of a child? Um, like we mentioned earlier there are some out there, not in Congress, but you know, some in our society who try to deflect or try to explain away or excuse someone who has an attraction, you know, to to a minor, someone who would abuse a minor. But it, everything I've seen on Capitol Hill gives me a lot of reason for optimism. And I'm not sure if you agree as well, but that's one thing I think everybody I totally can agree. come on the same page. It's the one issue that can bring Democrats and Republicans together. And innocence at risk tries to do that all the time. Yeah, so you guys do a great job. Both. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt, for being with us today. And remember, the name of this podcast is Turning a Million Eyes on this issue and protecting children. So keep your eyes open everywhere you are. And if you do see something, please report it. Report it to 911 and report it to the nearest law enforcement um, person, flight attendant, or anyone in uniform. Please report what you see. It's so important. We need help us keep children safe. Yeah, just real quick. I, every law enforcement officer I've ever heard tell me they'd rather someone say something, they investigate it, and it'd be nothing. That's not going to make them upset. But if you never say anything and they miss a chance to save. So, again, don't ever feel weird. Like you just said, Deb, for everybody, say something, right? At least get it out there. If there's some innocuous reason, if there's some you know, explanation, perfect. But at least you didn't pass up a chance to save someone. That's exactly what Homeland Security has always asked us to tell the flight attendants and to tell everyone, you know, let us check it out. So once they're gone, they're gone. So unless they can find heroes like you to go <laughs> rescue them. But it's hard to, we need everyone working on this. Everyone can do their part. Absolutely everyone. So thank you. You've been listening to Turning a Million Eyes to Save Lives, a podcast by Innocence at Risk to prevent children and women from falling victim to human trafficking. We'll have another episode next month. If you'd like to get in touch or share your own story for this podcast, please email dsigmund at innocenceatrisk.org. That's D-S-I-G-M-U-N-D at innocenceatrisk.org. And please share this podcast, rate it, and subscribe. I'm Andy Miles, and I'd like to thank Deborah Sigmund and Matt Osborne for sharing their stories and expertise. And I'd like to thank you for listening. The number to report suspected human trafficking is 1-866-347-2423. That's 1-866-DHS-2ICE. Before we go, I'd like to ask you to please consider making a gift to Innocence at Risk that will support our educational outreach awareness campaign to keep children safe online and everywhere else. All donations are tax-deductible, and 100% of funds go directly to making a difference. Your donation will help Innocence at Risk keep children safe online with educational outreach to parents and students, and lobby members of Congress for much-needed legislation to protect children and facilitate the prosecution of traffickers. Innocence at Risk will help wherever needed with the situation at the Mexican border, 
and now the refugees from the tragic crisis in Ukraine. We need your help to turn a million eyes on children. To make your tax-deductible contribution to Innocence at Risk, please visit innocenceatrisk.org. Thank you. Your support is greatly appreciated.